You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how's it going, dude? When you see a darkness coming over the sky, just Mm -hmm. remember it's the eclipse. It's not the apocalypse. Although, that would be a great time for an apocalypse. I thought, okay, I thought that when darkness falls upon the land... It just means the midnight hour is close at hand. When when creatures crawl in search of blood? To terrorize your neighborhood. That's right. Unfortunately, in this case, the neighborhood was Charlotte. So, And joining us in Arlington, Texas, is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing fine. Because honestly, when you guys said that you were quitting the podcast, I decided to just cancel it. So this this will be our last episode, and I'm feeling all right. I'm glad that we're all ready to move on. Uh, I, I'm I'm pre-canceling. I canceled it last week. So okay, you can't fire me. I quit. I just want you to know I have custody of the fans. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> and joining us again, you've all recognized him on many other episodes, including the episode regarding Get Out. The great Nick Glessman. Nick, how you doing, man? I'm all right. You glad all right to be here? Are you just all right, Nick? I could be better, but... Okay. Well, we'll get into that. You know, there's a lot going on. <laughs> what topics got you down there, Nick Glussman? I don't know, probably the upcoming race war that Trump is trying to instigate. I thought that you were down because Nebraska just got eliminated from Little League World Series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it always comes down to that. You know, the summertime, I spent the weekend camping. Those are the kind of things I like to do in the summer. But some people like to uh, take things to a whole nother level in the Trumpocalypse that we're living in. We'll get into that a little bit. And, you know, there's so many other things that were happening. It seems like Trump's entire, like, advisory panels were falling apart, like Matt was hinting. And everything seems to have led from that tragedy in Charlotte. So, you know, without further ado, why don't we go ahead and jump right in? We begin with the deadly chaos on the streets of Charlottesville, Virginia. Brutal eruption of violence sparked by white nationalists. You had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists. And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. You had a lot of people in that group that were there to innocently protest. Protesting very quietly. Jews will not replace us! Very fine people on both sides. Graphic images like this showing 20-year-old DeAndre Harris being beaten with sticks going viral. There was a group on this side, you can call them the left, that came violently attacking the other group. The driver charged with murder accused of plowing his car into a crowd of counter-demonstrators. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it. So, Chuck, you had the opportunity to see, like, a meteor shower when you were camping this weekend. Yeah, that's right. How'd that right. turn out? Oh, man, it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, um, we were about an hour and a half outside of Omaha, kind of in southeast Nebraska, Nemaha County. We went to a place called Indian Cave State Park, which... I always feel incredibly uncomfortable saying that because when you get out there, it just seems very um, Washington Redskins-y kind huh. of with with the logos. <laughs> you know, there's That's sites. Cool. There's a place called like Half-Breed Cemetery. Yikes. I mean, yeah. Right. It, but so, I mean, there's so many places like that. I mean, I think yeah. almost everywhere in every state in America, you can find places oh, easy. that have names like Squaw Creek. Right. Um, and, you know, things like that that people mm, just don't even sure. think about now. Yeah. Um, but can you imagine in ancient times, like when meteor showers and like solar eclipses would happen, like people would freak out, right? Oh, yeah. And think like, this is a sign. Can you imagine if we were not able to like keep track of like when that was going to happen mm-hmm. and like all this crazy stuff is going down and then like a meteor shower and a solar, yeah, a solar eclipse, eclipse happens. happens. It just Dude, goes dark in the middle of the day. Yeah. You literally just think something crazy. Well, you think about it. If nobody else followed it, but somehow you learned astrology and astronomy, (laughs) you'd be telling everyone. You could control the world out of. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean that's literally (laughs) the book of Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. I mean, he he literally uses an eclipse at one point to prove his power. Baller move. Yeah. I bet Trump doesn't even know the eclipse is happening because he, <laughs> they didn't talk about it on Fox News or whatever. So he when when it happens, I, I think he might just start freaking out and like tweet some like the North Koreans are attacking. Like, launch oh all the nukes, God. please. That's, that's World War Three. Hashtag right nukes. There. Ha- right. He'll, he'll just like hashtag the nuclear codes in and be like, is this how this works? Right. He's like, 
this dark cloud that's over us is fake news. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, don't believe the media when they tell you that anything is wrong. (laughs) So reminds me of that bumper sticker I saw the other day somewhere said, I don't believe the liberal media. Hey, just just statement, statement of fact. Yeah. I saw a dude who had a bumper sticker that was like, um, you can't be Catholic and Democrat. I've seen that bumper and sticker. And then next to it, he had a he had like a pr- like pray the rosary every day. Mm-hmm. And then he had Infowars. <laughs> yeah, nice. and I was like, what? Yeah, how? What? You? He's probably one of those dudes who's like the Pope is like a leftist, you know, lizard person spy <laughs> or whatever sent right. by Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen a few of those around Nebraska. Yeah, yeah is... I've seen a couple of those, and it's always depressing. <laughs> so. But yeah, I, I think people... I heard a lot over when Charlottesville happened this weekend. People saying things like, well, that's just so... That's like the, in the South, or like, that's not here. You know, here in Omaha, Nebraska, you know, we don't have violent racists or whatever. Right. Are you kidding me? This place is packed to the brim with them. <laughs> They're right. just content because they know they control everything. Well, and I'm down here in Texas, power. too, where, you know, Richard Spencer was scheduled to appear in the next, like, week or two down at College Station, which is uh, where Texas A&M is. And right now it's looking like they've canceled the permit because of uh, public security risk. But we'll see if the ACLU, you know, jumps in, jumps into the fray. Uh, it worked out real yeah. well when the ACLU defended... The people who wanted to march in the streets down in Charlottesville. Yeah, that worked out great for them. I know. think the ACLU Fool me once a... and shame on right. you. <laughs> you. You can't keep fooling me again. I don't know. I think like I think the ACLU is such a double-edged sword. I'm glad it exists, but at the same time, like it's it's hard. I feel like they contribute more to the fact that oh, we need to allow free speech and gives these gives hate groups and white nationalists right. a voice and like. You know what? They don't deserve a voice. I'm well, sorry. Well, and actually, this this raises the main question, uh, the main debate that I've been having about the Charlottesville thing, and I, I want to know what you guys think, that I'm not super convinced in this value of absolute freedom of expression at this point. I think that there are lines that you could draw on, uh, you know, if you're part of a group that advocates for the violent destruction of a major portion of our country... Like, maybe you don't deserve that. Like, you're going against what our country stands for, so maybe you don't deserve the protections that our country stands for. There's been such an argument, though, I won't say within the last 25 years, especially with the ra- with the rise of the internet and people proclaiming that everybody has total free speech, and to a certain extent, they do. However, it's without consequence. If you say something stupid, you need to be held to it. And now this counter argument is saying, "Well, I'm just expressing what I believe. I I'm free of criticism. You're attacking my First Amendment rights." Or right. Whatever. You can't fire me from my job at a pizza restaurant because you know because I yeah. demonstrated that I'm unsafe to work with or serve customers. Right. And you know your freedom, you have the freedom of speech for sure, but that doesn't guarantee that you have the right to be listened to. You know, and to not be shouted down Definitely. in the street. You know. The people out there, you know, that were pro the counter protesters, one hundred percent, have the right to do the exact same thing that you're doing. Right. So, well, and-, and you see things like they'll come out and say, "Hey, you know, we stand for absolute free speech, including the free speech to say the most abhorrent, hateful things." Where and now they're getting a little smarter. Where they don't go out and say like, "Let's kill all black people." They they couch their their rhetoric in like a clinical language where they say things like, you know, even like go back to Africa. I mean, they're still mm-hmm. saying that, but that's like, well, they're not, we're not going to murder them. We just want them to leave. You we know? Want them well, that's voluntarily. the same. Richard Spencer talks about, we want a white ethnosnate, but we're not necessarily going to be violent about it. Even though anybody who thought about that logistically, like it, yeah, it's going to be violent. You're forcibly right. expelling people. Right. Well, literally their claim is like, well, here's the plan. We're just going to yell free speech and just yell hateful things about how we hate them until they just run away in terror because they're afraid they're going to get murdered. That's literally their stated plan. That's not even like a, a secret conspiracy theory. Like, that is literally 
their stated yeah, absolutely. plan is to threaten to Three. murder people until they run away in terror, and then they go, "Yay, we won! We got rid of all the people that right. we didn't." Like. And we did it peacefully. Bullshit! You did it. Yeah, peacefully. well, and that's the thing. Right. I mean, that's this. Uh, right. While carrying AK-47s, by the way, we're peaceful with our giant guns. And, yeah, and that's this love affair with absolute free speech. That I mean, free speech isn't a suicide pact. Like, you don't have to give the platform of free speech to people who, if they get a big enough toehold in the, you know, so-called marketplace of ideas or whatever, would absolutely undo those protections for anybody who doesn't agree with them. Like, no, I'm sorry. That's that's a good place to draw the line. I don't buy this slippery slope argument that people make about they do love the slippery soap <laughs> that's one of, that's one of the first things they say and that's what trump is talking about with his uh you know if we remove the confederate general statues where do we stop we're going to remove george washington and thomas jefferson's like whoa back up dude well and also like good like yeah, yeah. we we totally should sure. do that though well but the thing is it's like if you think about it if you think about germany and i think i'm totally biting this from uh, Simone Sanders or something. Yeah. You can remember Hitler and not have statues of Adolf Hitler all over Germany, you know. Right. You in a public park a on a government museum. building. Exactly. Yeah. Put these statues in a freaking museum. They're still there. You're right. still able to remember the history. Right. But it doesn't have to be something where everybody else has to I mean, ha- be exposed to that if they're going to the right. park, not, well, you know. And the what they want is they want these these monuments to like people like Confederate generals and things like that about like, Oh, how many Northerners they killed and, and you know, things like that, how many slaves they owned. Well, think about uh, this. There's right. still, there's still a bunch of army posts right. named after Confederate generals. You have Fort hood, <laughs> Fort yep. Lee, Fort right. Stewart. And um, you'll never, and you'll never get all- rid of it all. I mean, I, I don't right. even think anybody thinks it's realistic to ever get rid of it sure. all. And nobody wants to just hide it away, but they just want it. They want it out in public. They want it threatening. That they love it because they it they know that it feels threatening to people of you know African American descent and people who don't agree with them, right? And they right. love it. Right. So I was I was speaking to a friend earlier today about you were not. You don't have friends. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. The slack doesn't count. All right. <laughs> Fake news. Sorry. I was speaking to a friend earlier today about Confederate monuments and the idea of tearing them down or uh, the one of the points of view that came out was that, you know, you do want to be able to educate people about the past. This idea of, you know, what happened in Charlottesville? That isn't us. It's like, you know what? It kind of is. Or actually, it really is. Uh, The country has always been white supremacist and violent against minorities or whoever was deemed not to be like acceptable american, american. yeah, yeah exactly. sure so not one of the good so these, ones so these monuments went up and you know people want to tear them down uh you know i'm in favor of putting them in museums and not having them on the street corner because that's sort of the surface level uh you don't want that message out there uh but this perspective was that like maybe we should leave them but recontextualize them so Instead right. of having a plaque at the bottom that says, you know, this is to memorialize the bravery of the soldiers who fought for the lost cut, you know, it would be something like this monument remains to remind us of a bloody war that was fought by by traitors, you know, or uh, <laughs> that would <laughs> go real well. You know, that that's but a I nice idea, idea. But I yeah, I right. agree, Nick, like that that idea. People are so angry right now. They're so blind with rage that they wouldn't even be able to see that plaque. And, you know, the idea of putting these things in a museum, it's twofold. Part of this is to actually preserve it as an artifact, you know, so people can't go up and spray paint it or deface it or any of those kind of things. So it works two ways. Preservation is part of putting them in there and not putting them in a way that almost like flagrantly flaunts this portion of history yeah like in a city something we're idolizing where people are gonna be gathering you know large crowds or whatever right right well dr indiana jones's head it belongs in the museum right but they they talk about the need to like well we need to preserve our heritage and you know we need to remember our past and our heritage and if you forget the past you're doomed to repeat it and things but then they'll encyclopedia right i don't think anyone's ever going to forget slavery i don't think (laughs) right right. exactly but you don't see parks with you know monuments 
to slavery down there in the South as much as you see these Confederate Also, generals. I think that's a pretty <laughs> right. remarkable thing to say when we've seen our president continually fail to disavow, like, white supremacy. Like, no, a decent portion of Trump's base actually thinks that slavery is just a thing that happened in the past, and now it's all Southern heritage and that, like, BLM are terrorists and that black people should stop complaining about what's going on in the country. Well, and I think this is a, the perfect opportunity to mention that slavery still exists in America today. It's just in corporate prisons. Right. Because the 13th yes. Amendment, there's a documentary on Netflix called The 13th by Watch Ava DuVernay. That. Yes. And it explains how there's an exception in the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery. It's, it's abolished slavery unless you're a criminal. And then you can work, you can be forced to work in prison on like a chain gang. Right. Um, and that continues to this day with mostly br- black prisoners doing labor for, you get paid like two cents an right. hour or something ridiculous. And you still have to pay taxes on that right. too. That's, which and is then crazy. pay like $8 a minute for phone calls to like friends and family and stuff. Right. Know? That goes to like the private prison companies, like corporate profits sure. or whatever. Only yeah. in America can you um, privatize and corporatize prisons. What kind of, fucked up system is that and so they've just yeah they've just taken slavery and perpetuated it through you know arresting you know black people at a much higher rate especially in the south and incarcerating them and forcing them to work through that system so it's almost like it never went away but again you don't see monuments to prison labor and the tragedy of it in the southern parts why do we want to honor criminals they're the ones that messed up in their lives yeah you know who else is criminals secessionists right yeah treasonous bastards but that was this idea instead of tearing them down or removing them and putting them in a museum you would just find some way to recontextualize them like uh the bronze statue of the little girl like facing down the bowl in in wall street now you know right uh you put up a a statue of somebody breaking chains like right in the gaze of jefferson davis or something like that the, all of a sudden mm, the whole be, thing is, actually is telling idea. a brand new story and you can put up right. contextualizing information like it it seems like that ought to satisfy no, that's it seems like that ought to sure. satisfy the people who are like well don't tear them down they're they're our history you know even though i i don't buy that argument but it would at least placate them because it is our history, you know? Right. Although I do want a sweet memorial to Sherman's March. <laughs> do it again, General Sherman. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you hear these racist arguments like, you know, hey, we need to honor our history. And like, what's next? George Washington, you know, he owns slaves too, blah, blah, blah. And then Trump literally is is just brazenly saying this on TV, literally just parodying Nazi kkk right. white nationalist rhetoric and saying no one has the guts to say this but i'll say it you know who's really the violent people yep anti-nazis the left yeah right they were so mean to they those ran. nazis and they you know, ran up to right. them they were in a nazi's way what yeah, do you he's, expect a, he's a regular james damore you know writing his uh writing his google memo about how right. like really the anti-fascists are the the real fascists right well, and, and don't forget that earlier this year, North Carolina's Republican state legislature passed a law that basically said, like, hey, if people are blocking the street or whatever, you can run them over, just yeah. run them over. you know, that's your, you know, like, that's your right of egress. Like, they don't have the right of way or whatever. So but that North fault. Dakota attempted but, to pass a bill, but the that, same bill. That contradicts so many other laws because pedestrians always have the right of way on streets no matter what. Well, unless you're a social justice warrior. I mean, that that's, <laughs> that's literally what, the asterisk that you're forgetting. That's God. the fine print, Nick. <laughs> you know, but, but seriously, it's I mean. the iTunes agreement. And that's the thing. It's like a lot of these conservatives are so bravely standing up now and saying no way you know this is not what what this is about and stuff and actually you you did contribute to this you know because these you know these conservatives that are in congress in these state houses are attempting to pass this kind of legislation so now you have a guy that does do this by the way a domestic abuser of a mother in a wheelchair and then he goes and does this i mean you may not be screaming the same right. stuff that this w- dude was on the internet, but you're still kind of 
kind of enticing, giving them the you feed into him. He's he, giving them the permission right. to think about. And they're this. also yeah. co-signing the rhetoric of a man who still hasn't apologized for or renounced all of his statements about like the Central Park Five. Um, who talked about how? <laughs> oh that's gonna God. be yeah, that's who, who talked about hell. who okay, talked about how cops need to be rougher on people who you know in campaign rhetoric talked about how like black lives matter is um you know just as bad as isis you know said that barack obama founded isis you know um the the party is co-signing all of this rhetoric by not stepping away from him at this point and that's why i've gotten to so many arguments with people who call themselves moderate republicans yeah, what which does I that call mean bullshit on like right. you're moderate in that you go out with a tepid statement but then vote however trump right. tells you to vote yeah you're still a fallen party line and you know if if a car's coming at you don't you have the right to defend yourself i mean what if what if protesters literally started arming themselves bringing guns and if someone starts speeding at him, just anticipating that that's going to happen. Yeah, what if a bunch shooting? of, what I mean, if a bunch of protesters hid caches of shivs <laughs> and knives and guns right. all over the city just in case violence broke out? Right. The unfortunate reality is that, is that they're going to be arrested for carrying illegal weapons or hiding weapons. And actually, weapons let's, uh, like let's that. play that all the, little all... clip right now of one of these guys who uh, the world is is getting real for him. I contacted the, the local police. I called the Charlottesville Police Department and I asked them, I, I said, I have, I have been told that there's a warrant out for my arrest. Um, and they, uh, they said that they wouldn't confirm it, but that I could find this out if I, <clears throat> excuse me, that I could find this out if I wanted to go to a local magistrate or something like that. But with everything that's happening, I don't think it's wise for me to be you know, going going anywhere. There's a state of emergency. The National Guard is here. Um, you know, so I don't I don't think it's a good idea for me to go there, frankly. Um, and I don't I don't know what to do. I've emailed Stephen Tenney of the Keene Police Department. I'm sorry. So at the rally, Vice Vice News was essentially embedded with the alt right guys, the uh, white nationalists. And they've White done supremacist some fantastic guys. pieces on it, too. Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of impressed. I didn't realize the extent of what, you know, their news reporting is has been in the Trump um, <laughs> era. However, so they were there, and they were following this guy around. His name's Christopher Cantwell. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Cantwell, something yeah. like that. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck him anyways, Total white supremacist you know. name. Total piece of shit, Chris Cantwell. Anyways, here's a clip of him at the rally with the vice news media, knowing that he's being recorded. And this is how he seems to be talking. Of course we're capable. I'm carrying a pistol. I go to the gym all the time. I'm trying to make myself more capable of violence. Yeah, there's a there's quite a difference there um, between the, the first and the second clip. Yeah. So, you know, this guy, this is this is the heart of it. I mean, you heard him there and he basically said, you know, sure, we're shits on the Internet. But this is right. different. I, I didn't I didn't expect there to be legal ramifications for being part of a for murdering someone. Well, right. right. Well, and they're not even talking about that. He's literally crying because he thinks, Acting and I don't like even know if kid. it's true. No, he thinks that he's being arrested or no, has he's got a warrant it. out for his arrest for carrying firearms at a public university, which most of them are gun free zones. But he's like, I didn't know we couldn't do that. Yeah, he's like, I don't even. He, he should just be like, I don't even recognize those laws. I'm sure that's what he'll try to sure. say. Or right, exactly. I mean, but in the Vice video, he literally pulls like six guns out of his pants from that rally. <laughs> right. You know, so you know, by the time that this is released, I'm sure that there will be a development there. But you know, this is right. This is kind of what you're dealing with. My yeah. biggest fears. Is that uh, the alt right and the uh, haters are gonna pick up on this crying video and like, look how sympathetic he is. He's so, he's so genuine and so real. We have to respect him, and they're just gonna spin it to make him not look like the crying baby that he is, but like mm. some proud warrior, I guess, for lack right. of a better term. Well, We're just gonna you, spin it. If you think that this guy is somewhat Joseph sympathetic, is alive and well, maybe maybe it's time to play Let's talk this about next white clip of another alt right guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who has a very real moment as well? <laughs> yeah. What's up? I'm not really white power man. I just came here for the fun. Fuck. No. I'm sorry. You can't just take your costume off. What the fuck is that? 
It's all fun and games until someone threatens <laughs> to whoop your ass. That is exactly, yeah, exactly. what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's the kind of guy. That is the quintessential idea to me of what these that's people the on the kid. internet are. Absolutely. These trolls on Reddit, yeah. on 4chan. They In my opinion, they're the worst of the worst. Even with the racist, you know where you stand. But the people who do it just for the fun or for just... For LOLs. Yeah, yeah you're sure. It's you're you're worse. That dude needs to be hit. I don't know if it needs to be by necessarily a leftist or maybe by his well, freaking parents or whatever. I mean, he's never going to be able to show his face but, in public you again because he's that kid who chickened out and said it was all for the lols <laughs> right. to begin but, with. You know, Cantwell. It's like he's not crying at all when he gets maced in the face twice at the rally, but he's crying because he thinks that there's a right. warrant for his arrest. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it knows was he it was an awful prison. lot of fun watching so. some of these guys get smacked down. I mean, Richard Spencer in like a smoking jacket or something, like taking the dapper thing way too far on the ground underneath <laughs> like five or six SWAT officers. Right. Maced Alaska, give uh, me more of screaming it. Screaming for milk. Somebody bring me milk. Bring me milk. Was he there? Was Baked Alaska there? Oh, we're I gonna didn't play even this see. clip right now. I got pepper spray. What the fuck? What the fuck? I need, I need milk! I need milk! I need milk right now! Help! Milk right now, please! Help! It's burning! It's bear base! Fuck! Fuck! It burns so fucking bad! Did you see that got milk? Oh my god, no! Oh my god. For sure. Got milk. Well, man, I mean... It's it's like you got to laugh at it because that Vice video, if you have not watched that Vice video, watch the whole thing. It's like 20 minutes long. And the access that they got to this rally is is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it, the footage is is crazy. And when you watch that and then you watch Trump's statement of saying like, hey, look, both sides, you guys. Where yeah, you, there's no other interpretation other than him. Just in- pretty much saying that I support these uh, right-wing terrorists. He's literally saying, I support the right of armed Nazis to march, torch-wielding armed Nazis to dress up like me. Tiki torch. Wear the Mm. Donald Trump khakis and MAGA hat with their AK-47 march down the street and say, like, Jews go home and things like that. That's what he's saying, is like, I I 100% support their activities here and you know who's even worse the people who said absolutely and pushed them said go and said get out of our town those people are just as bad if not worse than gun wielding nazis it's like it's but at least jeff sessions even said right that this is terrorism hey so we've uh we've done some of the memes we've done some of the like great audio clips floating around what do you say we take a break and jump into this in a more substantive fashion yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we should take a break. When we come back, we should also jump into, yeah, um, some of the resignations, the way Trump yeah. handled them, and the way those were Is different. Is Bannon still from, there at the moment? Well, who yeah. knows when by the time this happens? Yeah, no kidding. And who knows by the time we release this. But but we should talk about how Trump reacted to some of these resignations and how it ties in and a couple other interesting tidbits along the way. Stay tuned. Folks, what I just saw gave me the wrong kind of chills. Honestly, I'm a bit shaken from what I just heard. I think we saw the president's true colors today, and and I'm not sure they were red, white, and blue. He's now given safe harbor to Nazis, to white supremacists. He's a disgrace. The president of the United States revealed so clearly who and what he really is. The president of the United States traded away the moral authority of the office and lent support to those who would destroy the values of this country. It's awful. So my major frustration, the thing that I've been fighting people on Facebook and Reddit and Twitter and everywhere, I'm, I've become a really unpleasant... Fight Matthew at liquid underscore Yeah, flannel. that's right. I, I've, <laughs> I've become a really unpleasant person online talking about this free speech thing because it's not... I don't see it as an absolute principle... When you're talking about people who, if their ideology got enough of a foothold, absolutely would not extend that courtesy to you. Fascists don't care about free speech. They like it while they're using it. It's just a means to the end. It's a perfect tool for them to spread their filth. Absolutely, and it's, it's it's the paradox of tolerance, right? I mean, we've seen people talk about... 
um, you know, like so much for the tolerant left and what people that's such a disingenuous argument because those people know that tolerance can't be tolerant of intolerance. You know, tolerance is is opening up the dialogue, not opening up to people or ideas that would shut down the dialogue. Well, and they'll say they're committed to free speech until you talk about like, oh, so, uh, you know, how about ISIS? Like, what what if there was an ISIS march? You know, pro ISIS. Right. Well, we already how have would you feel laws about against that? that? Which demonstrates just what? how dumb that talking point is. You can't join what ISIS. What about the right to? What about the right to freely speak in Spanish in front of them? Try doing that. <laughs> right. See what they do, you know? They would just look at you like, what? Yeah, speak English. I'm you like, have whoa, the dude, I thought this was gratis. I mean, free, free, you know? So, But yeah, like, they're not for all kinds of free speech. And they're, they're against they're most for, kinds of speech, actually. Right. They're, they're mainly against most kind of speech, and they're mainly for the idea of forcing other people to listen to their speech. And... You know, that, that's basically what it came down to. Yeah, absolutely right. So I think that when people make this, you know, this First Amendment argument, you know, everybody in this country has the right to, you know, the American value, the, the enshrined American value of freedom of expression. You know, if what you're expressing is counter to that value, I still don't see why you get the protection of it. I've gotten this argument, too, on online about this when people say we need to allow these people a voice because, so we can laugh them out of office or whatever if they're trying to run for some kind of government position. And I just say, well, that obviously worked for keeping Trump out of the office, right? right. Oh, for sure. We're way beyond that actually being a thing that limits people. I mean, you can choke slam somebody now. So, yeah, I mean, those days of decorum are gone. That's why it's like <laughs> – it's it's it reminds me of that quote by Martin Luther King Jr. of uh the white moderates who don't do anything about it they just kind of tolerate it. Oh yeah, well, yeah. The ones from who his say, jailhouse you know, letter or whatever. Yeah, the ones who say mm-hmm. you know now is not the time or this method isn't right. You know, both sides are kind of bad. You know, yeah, yep. both right. sides are equally bad. Violence on many sides. And that's why I always love to say it when people say, oh, both sides are bad in this argument. It's like, so the Allies were bad for jumping into Normandy? Well, yeah, and all those people that are just waiting to, you know, jump up and have the revolution against their government. It's like, okay, well, both sides are bad. The government's bad. Right. That means you're bad, too. Right. The reason that they carry all the guns, the reason that they love the Second Amendment so much is so that they can— murder everyone and take over the government like that's right. expressly what tyrannical they're yeah. they're saying but if it's the other side saying like you know what like no like when when is the line when it's time to fight back right if they're just having a nazi march through the street saying we love nazism you know that's not the time right that's not the time to foot to push oh, back no, 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 or get violent no. but it's like, right no that's that's like, just what them about expressing when they're getting elected and they're speech. passing laws right. you know wh- when is the line yeah yeah which is why everyone needs to play the board game secret hitler because then you'll understand <laughs> like how insidious this is right. oh man i'm secret hitler again yep. it's it's time time for a little game theory y'all i'm going full eric garland right. on this oh geez yeah well and you know trump Got some of his own game theory. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, 500D checkers. Some people kind of started saying, like, hey, Trump, uh, getting a little too racist there. Uh, right. You're supposed to keep the racism on the DL. You know, maybe I need to drop off of your, like, business and economic advisory panel or whatever Mm -hmm, council. And Trump just said, like, nope, flipping the board. Boom, I win. (laughs) Right. Well, and for Trump, when things blow up in his face, that seems to still be winning or something, right. you know. I mean, so this week, the CEO of Merck, Kenneth Frazier, ended up resigning from one of Trump's advisory panels or boards as a result of his waffling about being able to call out white supremacy and white nationalism by name. So this is it shouldn't be anything unusual for Trump. You know, Trump has people resigning from his administration <laughs> right. and from his advisory panels on the daily, literally on the yeah. daily. But this like time, hour at this point, you know, he comes out and does this tweet 
against this guy minutes basic, later minutes later right. in the morning and basically says well now that ken frazier uh ceo of merck has resigned from the panel now he can get to lowering ripoff drug prices now this is the first time that this dude has lashed out but you know elon musk had dropped off of one he, of his in fact panels it's the only, he's the only person he's lashed out at exactly and this guy kenneth frazier happens to be the only guy that's black on any of these advisors. wait panels. hold on are you bringing race into this chuck you think race <laughs> well has you to do know with this? you know i'm Gosh, just gonna say can't you just look past race i don't see any race yeah, at I don't, all I don't one of these things about... is I'm just I'm just pulling a Kelly and Conway and playing that Sesame Street <laughs> bullshit real quick. So let me let me get into some Sesame Street theory real Let's quick go. here and go. One of these things is not like the Absolutely. other. That's exactly the thing. You know, pull up all the people that have resigned from these panels, and I'll tell you that this is the thing that kind of stands out as the one outlier. So. Yeah. But Trump ended up receiving backlash from that. And all the rest of the people started resigning. You know, the the CEO of 3M, um, the AFL-CIO head. And it it came out on Wednesday that all of them had agreed that they were all going to resign. And so Trump comes on Twitter and basically says that he's disbanding the panel rather than put them under pressure to stick around and do their job. He still comes out on top. Yeah. Right. You, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> right. Yeah. So all of this stemmed from that Charlotte thing. I mean, you know, two people quit his panels previously as a result of him withdrawing from the Paris climate uh-huh. agreement or oh, climate yeah. accord. Nothing to this extent. He wasn't just like, man, F it. Then let's just cut all this stuff. Right. You know, let's start talking shit about him real quick. But now... Things are different, right. you know. Well, and here's the craziest. He's not having a good week. Here's the craziest thing to me is that if they had their way, like we talk about like John Kelly, the new chief of staff coming in. He's a general. He's going to whip that, you know, ship into shape, get that administration to fall in line. But if that had worked, then basically we'd be seeing a situation where the president is privately saying to his aides, like, man, I really want to go out there and make a statement about how much you know, the alt left is to blame for the violence. And they're sure. like, whoa, everyone, everyone will think you're a crazy racist. Right. You're going don't to align let them know. with the you bad know? guys in this situation. <laughs> right. Don't let them yeah. know. Yeah. Pretend you're not a crazy racist where, while there are cameras around. Like <laughs> it didn't work, but that's what they literally were trying sure. to do. And if they would have pulled it off, then you have a secretly racist president that people don't don't know is racist. And the ambiguously racist president. Well, although it's like, if you've been paying attention, man, none of this should be. It should be. A it shouldn't be shocking at all. He's made it pretty clear where he stands. Well, and I, right. I think that's true for uh, a lot of the a lot of the dialogue about this because people are saying like, oh my god, like is this really our country? And you've got people of color all over the country going like, where the fuck have you been? Like the, right, this, exactly. this stuff happens all the time. Like it, it doesn't right. need to be. It's like, hold up, we're we're talking about America, yeah, right? You know, America, <laughs> yeah, the, right. the country that still, you know, like half of them think that uh, Black Lives Matter, whose motto is "Please don't kill us," right. uh, is a yeah. Is a we terrorist deserve organization. equal treatment by the police. All because one some lone guys like who caused violence. Oh. They're all to blame. Yep. They're all like Absolutely. that one guy. Yep. But when the neo-Nazis do it, it's like, oh, no, no, no. There's just a couple of them. And right. they're not all real Nazis. Right. So let's, let's back up here. And, and talking just about... Just because they're chanting blood and soil and carrying flags and torches. Yeah, right. not Nazis. We don't yeah. know if they're uh, really just, Nazis. They just have the trappings of Nazis, and they are saying all right. of the same things as the Nazis. Right. Some of them are good people. Some of them <laughs> are just... They just got... You know, wrapped up in the they wrong got caught crowd. up in the moment. Yeah, yeah. So talking about people who are all the same, or like Chuck said, you know, one of these things is not like the other. I've got to bring up this op-ed in the New York Times by our boy Brett. Mm. Brett Stevens is back. Mm-hmm. Um, who starts off his op-ed, Trump, Obama, and the politics of evasion, where he talks about how you know he he starts off with these um, incendiary statements about how you know like. We're going to characterize this as not being representative of the whole. And, like, you know, 
Um, number four, white people should feel no sense of responsibility because a tiny handful of so-called white, quote, nationalists and supremacists, end quote, falsely claim to speak in their name. Okay. Good old white guilt. And his thesis here is really this is Obama's fault because Obama wouldn't call Islamic terrorism Islamic terrorism. Well, go back. That that uh, point number four there, I like how they're able to go that far and then not be able to bridge the gap and say, okay, just because a couple people at Black Lives Matter rallies might break something or burn something doesn't mean that all Black Lives Matter should scare Dude, private all property, white though, people. Man. You know? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, well, look, uh, let's look my car's sure. worth more than you. Sorry, man. <laughs> to, put it, <laughs> right. to put it in context, you know, let's look at number five. Number five, the blame for the events in Charlottesville does not lie with any particular group. Both sides bear their share of guilt and should have shown greater restraint. Basically, what he's doing mm. is he's drawing this false equivalence between white nationalists and talking about how violence broke out at a white nationalist rally and Islam because violence sometimes breaks out when Muslims are around. It's such a disingenuous argument. There's no way that these, you know, Islam, we, I, I almost wanted to bring Qasem Rashid back on to discuss this article because this is what we talked about the whole time that like, you know, any ideology can be turned toward hate, but white nationalism is founded on it. There's no comparison. Right. Well, not to mention that most Islamic terrorism happens is projected against other Muslims and Arabs and people of the Muslim faith. (laughs) You're more likely to be killed by a right-winged white nationalist terrorist in America than you are by any kind of Muslim or Islamic or Arab or whatever term you want to use. Well, you have Trump out there, you know, trying to say, hey, both sides are bad. But when you look at, like, he's cutting the budgets for the investigations and the, you know, the groups that were researching, you know, white nationalist terrorism. And he cut national funding into uh, white domestic right-wing terrorism. Right. Right. And it's like, well, you know, and then he's like, but we should ramp up spending, you know, we should also like the justice department now is trying to get like all the IP address logs from some website that was set up. That was like, let's, protest trump right you know dot com or whatever um the justice department's like let us just see everybody who ever went to that website like just just because like you know right. we'll figure it out later we'll find something right. so completely this, unconstitutional right. this whole both sides Man, thing that's is, terrifying is such a cover for what they really believe. Well, it's disgusting and you know we're we're always on the show disgusted by brett stevens but yeah. this one is particularly bad i think Right. Well, right. And so many people are at least coming out. At least they're smart enough to make tepid statements to say, I hate racism and racists and all the racism that Dude, they do. To me, that's really disingenuous, though, because they're only doing it because now they're being it's like it's like the kid kid well, with his hand in the cookie jar. Although, you know, I honestly believe that Mitt Romney was genuine in his tweet where he's like, Dude. These are morally different universes, you know. There's one yep. group is fighting against Nazism. It's like you think about how big of a shit bag you have to be to make Mitt Romney look woke, like to make binders of women guy look. <laughs> I mean, that was like considered an unspeakable horror right. back yeah. in the day. And then it's Five like Trump's ago. like, hold my beer, you know, I'm going to come <laughs> Dude, in I'm, here. I'm, we're going to set the bar even lower. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, even, you have both Bushes you know. coming out and saying, like, they're yeah. not they're not calling him out directly but they know it's it's definitely implied to him it's like how like yeah. you have a dude who started the, the two pe- longest wars in american history and somehow he's yeah. still better than <laughs> right him. yeah waged against muslim countries you know like <laughs> covered out and saying whoa guys racism right. i mean but dude i mean that's what we talk about all the time because it's like if you get mike pence in there mike pence is going to be more like george bush where he kind of just like keeps it on the dl and just says like hey man like you know, Islam is a religion of peace for sure, but we should bomb the shit out of Iraq. Totally. Like, let's do this. You know, let's let's go. These guys try to kill my dad. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, Trump, was... at least he's so ineffectual that he can't do that. You know, he right. can't get away with that now because it's so it's so crazy. I mean, he's literally will tweet military commands 
and the military just goes like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my chain of command is not Twitter, you know. I wonder. You got to wonder what the uh, Russians are thinking right now. Yeah, John Kelly at that press conference just like shaking his head, just looking like Ugh. super embarrassed about everything that Trump was saying. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. Everybody should go. I think what was it? NBC had released that. Uh, it was like the video was focused specifically oh. on John Kelly throughout that press conference where Trump was supposed to be talking about infrastructure. Right. Although, but he's going off and he's just like, what? Like, all you can do is just shake your head at that point. Right. But the weird thing about that video is that John Kelly is acting surprised like Trump went rogue. And I, you know, <laughs> right. But I heard that Trump actually had notes, like, he had note paper that he was shuffling through before he started talking about that <laughs> That was stuff. all the infrastructure talking points that he oh, threw away okay, or whatever, okay. probably. It's also, I mean, isn't that, <laughs> to start freestyling about Charlottesville. That's Kelly's point, being the chief of staff, right? He's supposed to be, like, keeping keeping Trump on a leash, like a... On message. He's like a puppet at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... I don't feel sorry for him at too least, much. At least he let him go out and talk. I mean, like... Maybe he knows, maybe he knows more than we do. He's just like, you know what? I'm just going to let him dig his own grave. Yeah. Yeah, hang himself in lies. <laughs> I mean, at this point, why would you take a job on that staff at all? I mean, even if you're power hungry, like right. what what guarantee are you you know, have you're gonna make right. it to the next to the next month? Well, especially if you already have a pretty decent career in the military, wasn't he like already in the military? Three star yeah. general, yeah, exactly. he's a general. So, but yeah, I mean, you got his administration. You know, people are dropping like flies now. They're saying like. Who knows if Bannon still has a job? They were like, "Do you have?" He's on borrowed yeah. time. Are you going to keep? Saying, you know, yeah. are you going to keep Bannon around? And Trump's like, "We'll just see. Stay tuned, everybody." Well, they haven't Bannon even gotten rid of Gorka. Gorka doesn't seem to have a job there, and he's still around. Steve well, Bannon at least like, seems to be just going on news. Dude, that is right. like the number one most important job in Trump world is to just go on cable news and just talk about how great Trump Fair. is. Yeah. If you're doing that, it doesn't matter if you don't show up any other day of the week. Yeah. Your pay your payment is praise via Twitter, you know, and that's it's money that's well spent. It. Exactly. You know That's the art of the deals. deal, baby. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. Well, but I mean, you let's know. be honest, any of these guys who don't go to prison are gonna have you know, they're gonna be set up for life. They're gonna mm-hmm. be paid Fox News oh, contributors. That... Trump news, baby, Trump news. Dude, they could just write one book and be set for life. I'm right. glad you brought up prison because the other thing that happened this week was Trump, you know, just kicking out suggestions about pardoning uh, <laughs> former Sheriff Joe Arpaio oh, for uh, being found guilty of contempt. Or yeah, yeah contempt so, of court so because like he's he got a long stop, like starving inmates in his in his jail, right? Who were usually illegal immigrants and pro- racial profiling. That was the thing. And right. not to he mention my ordered. the fucking the most despicable thing is make, making him live out in the desert like that, like. In pink underwear and tents. Yeah, like, dude, yeah. that's that's how you get prison riots right there. Right. And well, and a court told him, you got to stop doing this. This is blatantly illegal. Just right. because our boys were yeah. in the desert fighting for our freedom, he's got he's got it down pat. Yeah. Like, right. So this dude just goes like, nah, I don't think so. Like, I just love torture I'm keep Mexicans, doing it. so I'm just going to yeah. keep on keeping on. And Trump wants to pardon this guy the day after coming out and saying, like, oh, of course I hate racism. Right. It's the worst. This guy who did some racist stuff for the police, though, like he's great. You know, guy. I mean, like, yeah, he's been treated really unfairly. Trump's statement wasn't even as strong as "I hate racism." It's the worst. You know, like he he couldn't. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't even. He say couldn't it. wait for like two hours before he was backpedaling on that and going like, "Ah, I mean, but still, though, when I said both sides, I I meant both sides." Right. Well, and he retweeted Prosobiac, this this jackhole on Twitter. Right. Um, uh, jackhole. Yeah. Right who tweeted something about like, oh, the media is freaking out about one person who died in Charlottesville, but what about the 16 murders in Chicago or whatever over the last month? And it's like- What another great false equivalency right there. Yeah, he's, he's, and Trump retweeted this, essentially saying like, yeah, who cares if Nazis killed somebody? Like, people get shot and stuff all the time. Like, so what if it's just Nazis doing it? Well, I mean, but that's- No big. that's, that's That's the first level understanding. The second level one is- it's black people killing black people in Chicago. So, of course, that's a thing right. that Trump wants to draw to. Yeah, that's to. not important. Who cares about that? Right. And it's a place that is, you know, one of the stricter gun laws in the country run by, you know, a Democratic mayor. Right. So, of course, like this has all the trappings right. of being, sure. you know, red meat for Trump's right. base. But, of course, 
there's the Chicago loophole, which is Indiana has some of the most lax gun laws. Which is like 15 minutes away. Right. And like, you can what, literally Gary just An- walk Gary there. Indiana is like the perfect. Mike Pence state. Yeah, right. absolutely. Mike Pence's state where they yeah. have they just have guns. They just set up gun shops on the border like pot shops in Colorado oh, or whatever. Man. Oh, yeah. Which is like, hey, walk up, you know, drive through guns. Here yeah, you go. Get high was, on this pump action real quick. I was, uh, yeah, I was in Indiana last year and I was driving through rural Indiana and that's a. Uh, quite the eye-opener oh yeah my dad lives in south bend i drive out there all the time and yeah it's uh it's I interesting have, <laughs> i have never seen so many confederate flags all over the place in a state that fought for the union yeah dude <laughs> I, I th- one time i looked down i wasn't paying attention and i looked back up i was like did i cross the mason dixon line or some shit but yeah i mean there's so many factors to chicago that don't normally get brought up it's just the end result that everyone thinks is sexy right. to talk about. I feel about. like it's like also like people look at the look at New York back in the 60s and the 80s when the mafia was running rampant. They were killing people every day. You see a, you see a lot of that violence, but they never really talk about it. It's always that own section. And not to mention, it's also been romanticized at this point. Think about how many mob movies there are and how cool that makes it look. They romanticize gun violence and gun culture and mafia in New York back there, but you have the modern-day modern day Chicago where you still have the you know same infrastructure, poor, disenfranchised people just trying to make a leave and so they have to kill kill each other. Sure. Right. So, you know, I guess the point is we're gonna be hearing a lot about Chicago every single time a tragedy happens in in the next four years, right. which or is MS-13. literally every week. Exactly. Oh, yeah, MS thirteen. That yep. was the big kicker. Right. Well, and, you know. you know, Chicago brings us back to the plains, right? Because uh it's not like it's not like just big cities that are having this problem because Chuck, you posted this article about uh, overcrowding in Nebraska prisons um, that speaks to exactly the same sort of institutional issues that we've been talking about this entire time. Yeah, that's right. So Nebraska prisons. I think there's only two state prisons I'm aware of, Lincoln and Tecumseh. Yeah. I believe so. But out of the whole system, the majority of them are over capacity. Some of them at 200% capacity, and one is more than 300% capacity. Jeez. So, you know, how the do you eight, live like that? Well, they're, they were talking about people like sleeping in hallways and stuff, which I'm just like, how is that even safe or, right. you know, secure? Yeah. Waiting, waiting I mean, months and, to have like a broken I guess they're trustees, set, you know? Right. So the ACL is, well, the ACLU is suing them, but it's like, you know, Nebraska's had people escape from prisons recently. People get murdered in prisons. And everyone just keeps acting like, man, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. But People then it's die like, in prison. You, find out you see about that prisoner who died the other oh, day. Yeah, absolutely. So, but they have no idea how it happened. And then this comes out and you're just finding out, well, there's so many people in prison that this kind of stuff, I mean, it totally makes sense. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it's those darn Democrats who've just been running Nebraska for... Oh, wait, no, it wasn't the Democrats hey, in charge. Hey, there's blame on both sides. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, there's know. Democrats in Omaha that are responsible for for that uh, 100 miles away. Come on now. Right. Not even the same voting district. Right. So it it's going to be interesting to see what the result's going to be of this lawsuit with the ACLU. Hopefully, you know, we may try to get somebody from the ACLU on the show here. I mean, but let's, let's say, let's say the ACLU wins. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to those other prisoners? What are they going to build another prison to put them in? I mean, probably they just got to contract that out, you know? So So, that's true. A free market, baby. But I mean, yeah. What is the, what is the government of Nebraska doing to propose a solution? They want to renegotiate, the like police union benefits p- contractor. Actually, whatever. I just it's like, saw. Oh, great answer to the to the <laughs> right. crisis. Pete Rickers was on the news tonight talking about this. Now that I remember, and he was saying that you know we can't release these guys early. They're violent felons. Like, okay, sure, they're violent felons, but how many of them? But Nebraska houses more nonviolent drug offenders than any other state in the country. Yeah, you've got more people who are just on bullshit drug charges. Right. So it's not all violent felons, Petey. Not to mention, like, where's your programs to make sure they don't re uh, re uh, reoffend? Right. There's no program to keep recidivism right. low. You know. Well, right. they claim th- they claim there's programs in place, but I mean, how often? Th- how much funding do they right. get? How what? There's, 
what can they do? There's no profit if you don't come back to jail. That's true. Right. <laughs> because I'm, then, I'm sorry. I, th- I forgot we were talking about money again. Exactly. I mean, back to that slavery argument. Yeah. We, we can't just keep letting the slaves stay out, you know? I mean. Yeah. Well, and I, so. I guess if there's anything to be encouraged about, it's that, you know, so the ACLU is suing the Nebraska penal system because of these abuses. The whole trans bathroom bill in Texas didn't end up making it through the special session. Uh, it didn't make it through the normal session because people weren't enthusiastic about it. And then by the time it got to the special session, they absolutely didn't want it at all. They didn't want the issue on their plate. You know, Trump is being widely castigated through all media, including um, I do want to play just a, a small clip here of the Fox and Friends interview um, where both the like the left and the right commentators uh, were on the same side and it ended up being kind of awkward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Last read her, Wendy. What would you like to hear more of from the president on this? I would like the president not to use inflammatory terms. We are all healing. We need to come together as a country. We need leadership. We need moral leadership. We do not need anyone who does anything nefarious to people who are citizens of this country to feel as though they are empowered. That's not what we're here for. People are hurting. My colleague on the other side of the aisle and I are both tearing up. This is beyond talking points. This is beyond partisanship. We need to come together as a country. It's not politics. These are raw emotions. And broadly speaking, you know, all of these issues have come into the into the forefront for people. So maybe it's it's doing a little bit of good that, you know, we had actual Nazis march. And that's that's a terrible thing. But it does seem to have woken people up. Right. I just feel it may have woken up the wrong people, too. You're going to see jo- Joseph Gobbles alive and well today. They're going to spin this to fit their narrative and make themselves look like the good guy. They've got the president on their side, so you get that you get that crying son of a bitch, make him sound like he's the real victim here. <laughs> I was also watching the national news tonight about some neo-Nazi in California who was like, I, I love President Trump. I love what he's doing. I love what he's saying. He's finally giving me a voice. And this is a dude who's on national TV saying, I am a fucking white supremacist Nazi. You know, I am the cartoon character villain. Only I'm real life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, wow. That got, that got very Trumpy. <laughs> you know, like everything just gets so serious. But well, do you want to try to come back, come back for a, for a high note in a minute? Maybe we can pick people up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Thousands of people in Boston protested a free speech rally featuring right-wing speakers on Saturday. With hundreds of police officers mobilized to prevent a recurrence of violence, they left a woman dead at a Virginia white supremacist rally last week. Nazis suck! There were certainly moments of tension in the crowd as protesters on opposing sides confronted each other, but more often with arguments, not without right violence. The response by Boston police was praised on Saturday by President Trump, who tweeted, quote, looks like many anti-police agitators in Boston, but later applauding the protesters for speaking out against bigotry and hate, a sentiment echoed by the city's police commissioner. Overall, again, everyone did a good job. 99.9% of the people here were for the right reason, and that's to fight bigotry and hate for the most part here today. We knew we were going to have some people who were going to cause problems, and we had to make the latest is 27 arrests so far this today. These massive demonstrations come on the heel of last week's events, which saw white supremacists and Nazis marching in the streets of Charlottesville, with the president called out for not going far enough to ease tensions in the country. The U.S. is doing quite a bit of soul searching this week, as the fate of Confederate statues is being debated in the public, with the president defending their existence. But as they increasingly become rallying points for white supremacists, some local governments are working faster than ever to tear them down. So, man, it got pretty real this week, but we had to try to find a high note. So I think let's just go back to where it all started. We got that eclipse coming up. That's going to be pretty great. I mean, we're pretty lucky here mm-hmm. in the plains that we're going to get a lot of eclipse action. Although some people in the Texas plains, maybe not so much. But you still get like 75% or something, right? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we're we're hardly under the shadow here. We're way far south of it. 
I mean, I, I looked into the map, and I think I would have to drive something like nine hours to get to totality, and it would be like... Well, totality, sure. But it would still be like seven hours to get to even the Umbra. So I heard that this eclipse happens like every two years, BS. but the totality is usually like somewhere in the ocean or something. Oh, for sure, yeah. Matt, name a zip code near you. 76011. 75% eclipse. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. At 109. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's way better than I thought I was going to get. And anyway, I heard this guy on NPR, I think, talking about how this is going to be his, like, seventh or eighth one, because they do happen reasonably often. People talk about this being, this is a once in a lifetime thing. It's once in a lifetime if you stick to your geography, but this guy travels around to do it. So that'd be awesome. Really what I need to do is make sure that this podcast makes a whole bunch of money. And then, you know, if people would fund our Patreon, I could buy a ticket in a couple of years and like <laughs> sail out to the middle of the Pacific and see a full eclipse. You should start a clips cast and just be like, Oh my God, look at, Oh, it's so cool. Oh, I wish yeah. you guys were here. It's, <laughs> it's really cool. dark right now. My question it's hard is to though, describe. It's so amazing. That's right. It's like a total <laughs> eclipse of the heart. How's, how's Donald Trump going to play this off on, and blame the Democrats on this though? On what the eclipse? <laughs> He's going to tweet about like solar power is not looking so great now, huh? Coal baby. Right. <laughs> no, he's gonna he's gonna go on Bill O'Reilly's podcast that nobody listens to, and Bill O'Reilly's gonna talk about how nobody understands how tides work, and Trump is gonna go like, no, that that makes a lot of sense to me because I don't know anything about this. No, I literally think that he's not. He doesn't know it's gonna happen, and he's gonna start crying. I can't wait. Mm. <laughs> It'll be in his briefing book, but he'll ignore it. <laughs> Although they'll be talking about it on Fox and Friends, he'll know. The real victim is going to be Baron Trump, who's going to think that his dad is a scientifically illiterate idiot. Well, that will be true, though. I mean, or the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> you may think that. He's like, oh no, dad's eating the sun. Dad, what happened to the sky? I Probably Obama's fault. I would just news. literally, Fake I, would, news. I would love for someone to, at a press conference to just ask Donald Trump, hey, explain how the solar eclipse works, and just to see what he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing. No, he would He would end up blaming, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton for something. I mean, he, come on. We know how this We know how this ends. He always right. just deflects. He would just pull out the Electoral College map. Mm. <laughs> He's like, it looks like an O up there to me, Obama. <laughs> it didn't start happening until after oh. he left. You know what? Here's a high note. Yeah. Obama's tweet about... Dunking on oh that Trump was an all time like, high you know he he posted like a Nelson Mandela quote or something and like race right. hatred has to be taught you don't born you know hating other people something yeah. like that it's now like the most retweeted tweet of all time mm. and Trump and Obama has like way more followers than Trump now so yeah you know that's what if impacts him the most right <laughs> that's where he's really feeling it meantime both of the former presidents Bush also just spoke out on Charlottesville and sort of implicitly called him out on it called out trump i mean they they did all of the things that trump didn't do in any of his statements so i mean you even got people right. yeah you, you got people who loved obama and hated george w bush going like ah, george w bush like not too bad like better than better than what the current president's doing people are missing all kinds of old presidents you know <laughs> like, <laughs> that that's what's happened it's like ronald reagan spinning so fast right. he can generate power yeah you know? <laughs> i mean i never got i never thought i'd be nostalgic for 2014 but i'm fe i'm feeling it man right. those were the good times back there <laughs> yeah I, I wish i could have experienced some of that a little bit more of that jimmy carter life you know <laughs> I caught just the hind end of his presidency. Well, you just got to be born. willing to get heat stroke and go build houses for uh, Habitat for Humanity, and I think you could probably hang out with him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'd put some solar panels on my van or something. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a high note. That was high Absolutely. Enough. Absolutely. We tried, audience. It was hard. Yeah. It was a depressing Don't week. Don't judge us. <laughs> but, but thank you very much for tuning in. And, you know, we're all over the internet. We've got a YouTube page now. We're on Facebook. 
You can find us at liquid underscore flannel on Twitter. And you can also follow us individually. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Gwait with a W. And I also wanted to say, if you write us a review on iTunes, it's a big deal for us. It helps other people find the show. Yeah, write us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, anywhere you find us on social media. That would really help us out a bunch. And we'll probably read it on the show, so, like, use your power wisely. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Until they start flooding in and there's too many, you know. In which case, we'll put them in a big bucket and just dump them out like Flashdance or something. (laughs) So To get some intern to do it for you. Exactly. (laughs) Reenact that scene, so. And then our guest host tonight, as you've heard before, was Nick Westman. Nick, you're not online, right? I am not. I'm sorry. That's a smart decision, yeah, man. man. You're not online, but we still thank you anyways for joining us this evening. So. Glad to be here, guys. Glad to be here. Excellent. Well, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. I'm Jerry Willis for Neil Cavuto. Breaking news, Steve Bannon leaving the White House. 